Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and on this episode, I am joined by a very special guest, and now happy to call him a friend. You know him for his drumming skills and Happy Mondays, the front man of Love and the Family Tree, as well as his solo work. Please welcome to the show, AC Milan and Manchester City. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, got that one wrong. Pumping the brakes there. Pumping the brakes there. Please welcome to the show, three, three, two. Please welcome to the show, AC Milan and Manchester United supporter, Gary Gazwaylan. Oh. Amigo mio, benvenuto. Holy oh. cow. Can't believe I screwed that one up. Can I say it? Can I say, can I say, bafanku? I won't say it. Yes, say you it. can. You can. You can say whatever you want to me. I screwed that one up so bad. <laughs> it's like me calling you an international nationality fan or something. Right. Right. That's exactly it. Hey, hey, they're the big team in the world. They're the better team in the world. So I get that. I, funny, I noticed when I'm in Canada because I live in Toronto. But uh, in the past, it used to be so you're from Manchester. Who's your team? Is it, is it United or City? Now they say, is it City or United? They say City first. I'm like, oh, but that you know, it's like you have it. You know, it's the same in, in Milan with with Inter and AC. You know, it's switched over the years. You know, you know, look at the history and what in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, it was all Inter. You know, Milan done, did nothing for 30 odd years. We right. were, you know, we were, we were poor. You know, so you know, it's you tends in Manchester to go in 30 year cycles as well. I just can't believe I did that. I kind of, I part of me wants to edit it all out okay. and redo it, but another part. No, of, no, 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 no. Leave it it's in. It's so no, much fun great. now. No, yeah, leave um, it in. No, it's great. No, leave it in. That's great. That's fine. That's that's that. No, it's good. That's cool. Honestly, leave it in. Uh, that's fine. I mean, look, ever see, look. So prior to the interview, right before we even jump in, just prior to the interview, uh, Mr. Waylon here goes and says, he's like, oh, everything's running too smoothly. This is gonna, this is gonna screw up. Oh something. yeah, yeah, of course. And that yeah, was yeah. it. Boom. That was it. Look, if that's if that's the only technical mishap we have here, we're in good shape. I maybe it's a sky blue scarf I've got on or something. Not appropriate, you know. Oh, he, he's so. I this is an audio podcast. I, I, there's moments like this where I wish it was visual. Like he just looks so cool on his screen here with beautiful portrait of Sergeant Pepper behind you. Beautiful Rickenbacker guitar, amazing feeler jumper, and of course this beautiful like bright blue scarf and the shades, the hair, everything is on point. Well, the shades are by vocals, so I won't be able to see it if you got. So but I just I have them, so I don't wear you know though though you know the, the Italians pull pull wearing shades off to a plum, don't they? I mean you know the only people that can wear them indoors, they look great, you know. So but yeah, anyway, you look very. So here's the thing, we're gonna. I'm going to jump right into this now. We're two teams we're going to talk about, Manchester United and AC Milan. But you you look very Italian right now. And like and in all my years of listening to Happy Mondays, one of the essential Manchester bands and I but I didn't have any idea about your fandom of the Rossoneri until I heard you on the Italian football podcast with our friends Nima and Carlo last year in tw- I'm sorry, in 2021. Yeah. So how did your love of the Rossoneri come about? You know what? It was, uh, it, it was, they kind of chose me. So it's chosen them. In, in the early 90s in, in England, there was a TV show called Football Italia. And it was on Saturday afternoon and it's Saturday lunchtime. And it was a guy called James Richardson, who was a Roma fan. And he hadn't been into football before, but he was a presenter and he was very funny and a really good presenter. So he did all the history of Italian football, the teams, and each each week he'd be in a different city and he'd have a coffee and a gelato and he'd talk about the team, give you the history. And people got hooked by it and we got hooked into Italian football. Now, at the time, the best team 
with Milan because from 88, after Saki coming in, I think 86, and 88, he got Hullet. And uh, and then uh, Rijkaard coming in 89. And won the, I think they won the Scudetto in 88-89 season, the first time for since, I can't remember, since, was it late 60s, 79 or something? Uh, so I didn't want to support it. I didn't want to come in and you had to pick a team. I didn't want to pick the best team because, you know, that would be just jumping on the bandwagon. So I, I looked at other teams. I've got a soft spot for Sampdoria. I liked, I liked the kit. I liked, uh, I liked uh, Napoli because uh, my wife had lived in Naples and Milan. She liked both cities. And then I liked... Uh, so I could never choose a team, but it was always Milan. But I didn't want to choose them because they were the good team. I didn't want... Who's your Italian team at Milan? Oh, just because... So I didn't want to. And then one every Saturday we used to play... Five side football, it's like an indoor small league with brother and brother in law. And I'd come back from tour, my brother in law had just come back from Europe. He caught, he bought these copy for market stalls of Italian football kits. He bought three or four. And I didn't have a, a kit, a top, a jersey, a, a uniform, as you call them in, in North America. And he said, Oh, I'll bring one. So he came, he had two, he had a Juventus at AC Milan. And he said, I'm having the Juventus. Uh, because he had grey hair, what you were like, what was he called? Ravanelli? Was he called? Was it Ravanelli? Yeah. I mean, he said, you have this one. I was like, AC Milan. I said, they followed me around. I kind of, and uh, uh, my wife, who I'm still with today, I've been uh, 32 years, she, when we met, she was living in Milan. And uh, uh, her boyfriend then, before we met, was a huge Milan fan. So she used to, she doesn't like football, culture, but she used to go all the time. So she, Dave was her team and, you know, Hull it and all that kind of thing. So I kept kind of putting them off. I didn't want to. And then it was a Red Devil connection because United and... They just kind of grabbed me, and 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 I had no choice. Every time I was watching Italian football, I'd be drawn to watching their scores or watching their games, wanting them to win. And I just, and it's just one of them things where you know you don't choose a football team really; it chooses you. And I, you know, like Manchester United was easy for me. All my family, all my wife's family, United. I was born less than half a mile as a crow flies from Old Trafford, so I had no choice. My schoolyard in when I was at uh, elementary school, junior school, I could see the the stadium. But AC Milan chose me, and then I was went to Italy and. Uh, because we didn't release any songs in Italy, so we didn't even have a record sales. We had no, we were big in France and Spain, but not Italy. Wow. Well, because Italians like beautiful voices. They don't really like, you know, that kind of, Yeah, know. but they also love beats. And you guys well, brought the beats. Well, they do. And reggae, it's funny, because in like, Naples and South, they love like reggae. And they love reggae. And, I don't know, yeah, we just never really, and we never, we've never done a gig there ever. And I went, and I went to San Siro and I was just like, I just felt like, you know, I went to a few other stadiums, but San Siro was, I think, I went to Sampdoria's and I went to Fiorentina's and San, San Siro's and I just, and I just fell in love. And I went in, and I went into the, uh, the souvenir store, the kind of where they do the, uh, the sell, I don't know what they call them nowadays, merchandise good. And one side, it wasn't very good compared to Premier League teams. One side was AC Milan, one side was Inter. Both fascinating, but I was just drawn to AC all the time. And then I went in the stadium and unfortunately, Robbie Williams, it was pre-season, was playing. But my friend, uh, was playing drums with him and he was sound checking the drums. I just had this feeling. I was just, I just, just got into the stadium and it, it just felt AC Milan. And it just did. And ever since, I've just been hooked. And that was in the nineties, so I've just been hooked ever since. Well, you chose the right team, my friend. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> have you have you read the book uh, by Joe McGuinness, The Miracle of uh, Castel del Sangrio? One, one of the greatest football, oh. but if not the greatest football book I've ever written. And I, and I love the bit. Of, uh, when he meets a guy in a train station who's an AC Milan fan and he starts, you know, he knows nothing about anyone who's not read that you've got to read it because an American knows nothing about Italian football and he goes and it's, it's amazing. You know, he starts, the arrogance starts telling him tactics and stuff. It's just, it's just a brilliant book, isn't it? It does. And like, it opens with this strange, as you said, stranger on a train and bites him to his house. Yes. It's yes. It's like a pre-recorded game. game from earlier yeah. in the day. It's not even yeah. live. Yeah. And you know, and poor Joe is like, this guy is going absolutely mental. 
for a game where, and it, but it also speaks to the pre-internet and how like things weren't as fast that you had to tape a game, record it, yeah. and yeah. hopefully no one mentioned something to you in the street. Now it's you can't even go anywhere without uh, finding anything. I, we've had some. I remember we uh, we watched the uh, United, whatever Man United, whatever it was, kind of the world. And I remember the strangest place was we we did a gig in the 90s in 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 Norway and it was in a festival Christiansand which is an island in the middle of nowhere and we asked at the end of the gig United were playing the next day against Arsenal on the Sunday anyone got it live we can watch this before you had laptops before you could and so on offered but he lived in some village three hours away so the next morning we got up at 6am and went with him to this small town in the middle of nowhere it was like the middle of it felt like the North Pole to us in this little like wooden house but he had the game on and we watched it and he fed us raw fish and stuff which I didn't you know but it was and watched the game and we won and it was amazing and we left and it just I remember just a really bizarre but yeah you watch wherever you can in them days you have to tape it nowadays it's everywhere yeah it's amazing you know you're you're also passionate as you stated earlier it's not just uh AC Milan that you love and are passionate about you're passionate about City A as a whole and Italian mm. soccer so mm. what's it like not only being a fan of the league and a style from a different country but also one from like a position like yourself where you're so high profile, because I always find, and I find this a lot where in North America here, especially in New York city, we get a little bit of everything. And, yeah. you know, and as much as I love, you know, now it's, as we just discussed, everything is everywhere, but like, I'll keep an eye on La Liga. I'll keep an eye on, you know, Bundesliga and keep it up. But yeah. when I speak to friends from England and I speak to friends from Spain or Germany, who are still trying my hardest to get onto the show. They're only focused on the league within their own country. And it's the same thing even with my friends and family in Italy, where it's just, yeah, we'll follow City A and then Champions League, of course, you know, yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah. but you are really totally invested. And I, and I know this sounds a little bit bizarre, kind of an anomaly that you're following multiple huge leagues. And I know that sounds a bit weird and naive, but, it's usually the case of just, I'm in England, I'm just following Premier League, and I'll, mm. maybe I'll keep an eye on something else. But you are like following City A, closer than most pundits. I think I think because of the James Richardson show in the 90s, it hooked lots of people. And I, I put on Twitter in England, who do you support in Italy and why? I was fascinated with why people support a team. If you're not from that town, if it's not that your parish, why do you choose a team? Uh, it's usually on, in England, it's usually very visual on, so either a player uh, or it's uh, the jersey, the, the uniforms you say North America, the colours, and uh, I, I only really watch Syria. I, the Premier League, Premier League is what fascinates me, English football. But Syria is the only other one. Everything about Italy fascinates me. My wife speaks uh, fluent because she lived there for so years. I get by a little bit. I love going to the place. It's it's just a, my best friend here in in Toronto is uh, is Scottish, and he's got a place in Tuscany. He goes wow. three times. So we just I saw everything about Italy, you know, we love and uh, and but Syria, it's got everything. It's fascinating. And I have this conversation with English people who go, Oh, isn't Italian football boring? I'm like, no, 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 that's that's a complete stereotype, quite the opposite. In fact, that's what I loved about the Milan team when Saki took over. They got him from Parma in Serie B. Parma, really? he hadn't done anything. And he saw all these teams and who were playing attack, they'd go one, two nil up and instead of uh, going to defense or defense defense they were attacked, they wanted more and more, and that was like a very Man United style. That's what Man United are famous for, always wanting to attack. They were never they would never sit on a lead. So that drew me to drew me to them as well. And lots of Italian 
footballers like that. It's not, you know, I say to friends, there's goals galore and some of the passing and some of the footballing, uh, some of the, the midfield play. I mean, that Italian team, Costa Curta and, and, and uh, Berezi was probably one of my favourite Italian players of all time. That defensive, you know, it was uh, Berezi, uh, Costa Curta, Tosotti and Maldini. I mean, that, 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 Oh, I mean that. I mean Maldini's got this. Do you know, do you know the term uh, sprezzatura? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I also think of Maldini. It's like effortless elegance, you know, just effortless elegant, and it just and it, and it just it obsessed me. Everything around it, like that book, everything around it. I remember being in, in Milan in the early nineties with my wife, and went back to see a friend who's an American guy from Detroit, actually, Maurice, who's uh, who was friends with my wife, and uh, we went went to stay with him. I remember watching football on the TV on the on Sunday when it was uh, the show, and there was like there's this nun who's a presenter, and she's a passionate. I think she, I can't remember it. I think she might be a Roma fan, a nun, and she was passionate. And she was a presenter, and I was like, "This is nuts!" But she was like getting into really heated arguments with people in the audience about teams, and she was going got an argument with a Lazio fan, and she's like, "Ah!" I was like, "This is fantastic," you know. And that, that the, the passion is it's even more than, than than soccer is in the UK football. It was something else. It just engulfed me. I just love it. I just love everything about it. I love old Italian films, love Italian style. It just fascinates me. I always have done. I, so you and I got to go hang out in Italy together because oh, I just feel like it's going to be a blast. That's it. The wives are going to go mental, but it'll be fine. You and I will just have a great time. Oh, I'd I, I love it, yeah. No, my wife loves it there. She loves it as well, yeah. It's, I always equate City Ab to the opera. Italians are good for many things, food, of course, fashion, but we've perfected the opera. And City A is the greatest modern opera, bar none. And yeah. this season, it seems as if every week there's a new leader on the board. By the time this episode airs, it'll be in January. We don't yeah. know, you know, we're filming this in uh, early October or late September now. Uh, but this season in particular, feels to be the most exciting it has and it's been building up to this moment and again like an opera there was a dominant team for so long which is Juventus the dragon mm -hmm. slayed into <clears throat> top Milan wins last year this year it could be anybody watching now this year what's it like for you sitting here because it's a culmination of everything that you just talked about I I think this season is going to be really interesting. I was surprised we won last year. Uh, they could do this year. They're looking the better team at home. I actually think somewhere, I've, I've got a funny feeling, it might be Napoli's year this year, just because of, of the way the league is. And I think they've been unfortunate in many years. And I have a soft spot for Napoli. Mm. Uh, though last week, I was surprised. I thought they would. They might have pulled off a, a surprise victory against us, but they didn't. But uh, right. and we, were, we were superb. But... Um, and the fact that Inter and Juve aren't doing too well, it kind of helps. <laughs> I mean, there's a few teams you kind of when you when I started watching a few teams I liked like like I quite like Fiorentina, like Sampdoria, quite like. Uh, but the teams that I've always disliked, like Inter, for just the players they had in the team, I didn't I didn't like it. Though the club's a great club, you know. I'm not I'm not getting again. You know, Inter's a great club, but the players that they had there, Mateus and uh, a few other players that I were I were keen on. No, Mateus is a classic player. I don't. I did I didn't like at the time, and like Lazio, I, I didn't like and. Uh, and Palmer didn't like they remind me of Leeds and you know things like that. that, that no, hate not, I don't hate anybody, but I didn't like and the other teams I gravitated towards. I think so, I, but I think it'd be between Milan and, and Napoli this year. I really do, and I think it could, could, could go down to the wire. I, I don't know. Maybe we could, we could do it again. I don't know. I, I still don't think we're ready to to be winning back to back Scudettos. I just don't think that they're there yet. 
I, I tend to agree with you on this. And I also, for me, I feel this year, as long as we finish top four, oh, that, be content. Awesome. I'll be content. I just, for me, the goal this year is to just get out of the group stage of Champions League. If we can make it into a knockout round, play some knockout football, yeah, I'll I be agree. I'll be more than happy. I'll be more than happy with that. Uh, they'll get a little bit of money. Hopefully they renew and figure out Leal's contract and keep him down for a few more years. Fine. But to win, I agree. I tend to agree with you because I've even want, even when I watched the Napoli game as, as dramatic mm. as it was, it had all the things that had all the elements, North and South, rich and poor, um, the, the winner, the, the close to be winner, the team that could win it, the team that might win it. Every storyline was around that match. I sat there going, wow, that first 45 minutes, we looked gassed. And we yes, 45 yes, minutes yes, play, yes. And we can't yeah. go do this for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I agree. The first it wasn't. Oh, it's funny you should say that about the rich and poor thing because the the irony again that I mean people uh, equate Man, Man, Manchester United to maybe Juventus in Italy because of this, this kind of anomaly. But like David Beckham said, we went to Milan. It's just the same as Man United. When I went to AC Milan, he said it was like going to Manchester United, and it is. It's fairly similar. It's this glamorous club who are the big team. But in the city, like uh, Milan in 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 in, Mil- in, in Milano, were, were, were the poor man's team, you know, because Inter were the, were the had the Swiss backers when they formed. You know, they was the, the the bourgeois team, and, and Milan was a poor man. And same in Manchester, Man City was the management team who were the ones who owned all the mills, and Man United was a poor man's team, the union team, the left wing team, you know. White NC playing red, so that was the irony. How both have become these huge glamour clubs, where they're actually the the poor man's team of each city that they were from. That is wow. Yeah, I never thought about that. You know, the other thing too, which is quite amazing, is that AC Milan Herbert Kilpin was an Englishman, founded the team. Yeah, well, two two Englishmen, and also Edwards Edwards who came over, who decided that they were you know they were going to play in red and black. You know, that's right. uh, You know, so I think. yeah, two Englishmen, which is which is really, but a lot. Of, I think Napoli was formed by an Englishman as well. A lot, a lot of Argentinian teams were there then. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I think. But and it's funny because I always have a. I'm I'm from Manchester, so I don't support the England national team. Oh and, wow! Why is that? It's because the northwest of England, Manchester and Liverpool, are kind of located in the corner of England, and they're kind of they're a very uh, anti-establishment establishment cities. They're, they're very socialist cities, left wing, not socialist, probably the wrong word to say, especially now, but they're they're they were very anti-government, anti uh, anti-monarchy. Yeah, they've got a lot of massive immigrant because of the port of Liverpool, so there's a lot of Irish. Uh so I grew up being through my mother's mother being a Scotland fan or Ireland. We never and then uh I used to like as a kid Holland because of Johan Cruyff and then Italy when they won it in eighty two. Uh I like the Italian team. So I always and uh so you never, I just, I'm not now. I'm just not. When I watch the World Cup, I'll be supporting Ghana because my wife's father's from Ghana. Wow. So, uh, so I support Ghana and, and uh, of course, Italy. Italy, you know, Italy out in the World Cup, I've started thinking recently. No, they're not. And it's. Have they done it, they done it on purpose? Because where it is and when it is, I'm starting to think, you know, it's, it's a shrewd, everyone's, everyone's mocking them and thinking, that's a shrewd move. They're not going to go in the heat mid-season. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it's. So one thing, I, so I assume that you had the best time in July of 2021 at Wembley, you know, when in- England lost to Italy at Wembley for the Euro. Do you know what? I, I watched it 
around the corner here with our neighbours who were two people from London, London, the London cabinet. So they were really like, they're really patriotic. People in the northwest of England are not very patriotic. I mean, Liverpool fans have just been called for booing the national anthem, are being very patriotic. So they're the, the opposite to us. They're very nationalist, they're very flag huggers, they're very right-wing monarchy. We were the opposite, but we got along. We, we you know, unlike most people today, we did, we decided we had differences and we just get on with it. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so we went on and watched their game. Facing him was an, is an Italian guy, and he had all the flag, and he brought a load of food over for him, which is really nice. And they didn't really reciprocate it, which they couldn't with English. And I was watching the game, and I was like, and my wife says, "Who do you want to win?" I'm like, Italy. But I, I, you know, I can't. I'm, I'm really not. I wasn't really that, you know. So, so it didn't, you know. So, but they were, they were really upset when they lost. So I didn't, I, you know. I will, I will. I don't, I don't hate, dislike England. I just don't follow the national team. And I'm not a big. I would, it would always used to be Holland and Italy when I was younger. They were the two teams I used mm -hmm. to like. I like the football. So, you know, I, England nationals. I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch them. I just don't watch them. I never had the, the, the kits, the jerseys when I was a kid. I had Holland or I had uh, Scotland. I, would, I just not. I've, My, no. I'm quite, you know, you and I are quite similar in that sense too. I, I, I'm the same way when in the US men's national team, I'll follow the women's team. Yeah. The men's team, I've always, I've never felt a connection to. It never felt like something that, because I, I felt like I, when I was born, I always felt like, oh, I was born with like an Italian soccer scarf around my neck. Like I had to cheer for this team. And it lucked out. They're a wonderful team. Oh. Lately, not so much. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, the World Cup debacle. Uh, I like to think that they purposely didn't. I've convinced myself and I know I'm full of shit. But I like to think they can. They did not want to participate in the Qatar World Cup in protest of human rights, the alleged human rights violations that have been going on. And I like to think that. I like to think in my heart of hearts that maybe they didn't want to go to Russia in 2018 to protest Putin. And you I, know, I, these weird cups that have gone on, yeah. despite the fact that like the Russia World Cup was a ton of fun as a neutral to watch, yeah. but. I like to think that. I know I'm full of shit. That's not the case. They just played like, they played like crap. They didn't get it. Yeah, maybe. I just woke up in the middle of the night a couple of nights ago and I thought, hmm, Qatar, middle of the season, hot weather. Who's going to benefit from this in the Champions League? The Italian team. Well, the Italian team are Italian players. I know it's a very mixed uh, bag. But I just thought maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course not. You see, no. But that, it, make, it, it rests better with me thinking that. Well, <laughs> it's not the same. We've got, we've got Italy there. It's never quite the same, is it? World Cup without Italy is not, not, you know. It's just not, and the thing, the beauty thing is, in the, in the 1990 World Cup, it's when I just met my wife. She was, uh, she was, she she did the uh, the, the opening ceremony. Oh my uh, God! San Siro. She she led out because uh, she's mixed race. She led out. Uh, uh, what's the African team? The West African team. Was it Cameroon? Yes. She 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 carried the flag out for Cameroon with Roger Miller and everybody dancing. Yeah. Around. yeah. Yeah, so she so because she was living in Milan at the time, so she did that. So, but the beautiful thing about that was when the uh, when they had it on in, in the BBC, the the theme music because they have it on in two channels in the UK, BBC and ITV. It's independent. But the BBC ad when they did when they were doing the coverage of the World Cup, that the theme tune to the music was Pavarotti, right? That's in Dorma. And they would slow, and they would, and this was before it became kind of popular with sports. And they used to slow the game down, so it was like it was like a ballet. And it was like, wow, it's you know, it's it was just, and it was a, obviously it was a, I thought it was a, it started off a slow World Cup, but it came really good, and just, that kind of grabbed a lot of people in as well. And I think that's why Gazetta uh, football started uh, soon afterwards, a TV show, and it just, it just saw you saw football differently. That you saw it as a, 
as as an opera, you know, as an opera or as a as a ballet. It was all this slow motion, this beautiful music, and they just did it so beautifully. BBC, and it was just, it just, it was just, a, it was wonderful. I would like to put in a request to have your wife on this yeah. this podcast to discuss that experience. Um, I because that's my favorite World Cup tournament. I've yeah, done seven eight, seven over eight. thirty episodes of this podcast now and i always find a way to talk about italia 90 yeah and, i loved it i loved it i did i did as well you know it's uh talk to the missus if she'd like to come on one day let me know I'm yeah all, she might, oh. she'd probably, she's not even on social media she's, <laughs> she's, she's smart about. she's a smart woman uh, yeah she's very smart yeah but uh yeah it is for me everything i, I go back you know, now and again, I'll, I'll go back to you and watch watch games and watch stuff, and it's just it's just beautiful. And and I'm just going watching the old games, the, the Serie A games, the '90s as well. Just there's some great teams, like the Parma team, and you know, uh, it was just a great and and, and the Sam Dury team when Hullet went there afterwards mm-hmm. and all. It was just great, but that the, but the Milan team with with Hullet and then Rijkaard came and all that. It was just a different. It was just oh, and then George Weah. Like, it was just a brilliant, just a brilliant team. You know what can I say? You know, they're just yeah. they just. They just, they just, like you say, they choose you, you don't choose them. I, I love it. I love it. They're, um, you know, we, Milan had been in the doldrums and in, in mm. really some terrible times while Juventus were reigning. Uh, mm. Now it's, we're tasting the fruits of our, uh, the the fans are at least, getting the excitement, this joy. Pioli has done marvelous things. This team has done amazing things. Ibrahimovic, of course, Giroud, <laughs> veterans just doing their thing. Now, it almost as if the fulcrum has shifted for your fandom now, as one team does exceptionally well. Manchester United these days are strong, but they're not doing terrible as like the, the news would make them out to be. You know, what's it like for you now that seeing United go through what they're going through and is what fixes this? I love the coach. I think Eric Ten Hang is a brilliant technician. I think anybody that comes from Ajax just deserves everything you know what's the mood now give him some time give him you know what what do you yeah i mean i mean i I think they've got the right coach i'm glad they went for him uh over pochettino because he'd just been more of the same pochettino i think uh it's gonna take time they'd certainly played within a couple of weeks the first two games they lost but then they would play they played so much better so much organized that the the annoying thing was last few seasons four years they've not been playing with passion they didn't care and that was annoying a lot of it's down to the, all of it's down to the ownership of the club by the Glazers who uh, own the Buccaneers. It's all down to that, uh, mostly. But then you can't excuse the players for not wanting. The coaching was bad. They, 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 they certainly lowered the standards because they didn't need to be good on the pitch to sell merchandise to make money. And it's a football club, you know that at the end of the day, and it really is. And uh, with the biggest fans in the UK, and the most passionate, you know, and in uh, and in Manchester, without doubt, always, always, always had the the biggest fans, you know, Manchester's always been mostly red, no matter what people say, it, it always has been. And uh, they're getting better. And they slowly, I mean, we play City, we've got the Derby game on Sunday, we'll probably lose. We're not, we're still way off them, but we're getting better. I think we'll, I think we might, we could get, definitely get top four. And the next two or three years, we'll be there. So high, we definitely, we've got a few more players and hopefully the club's going to change hands. There's a guy called Jim Radcliffe, who's a local, mm-hmm. who's, who owns Nice and a few, he's a, and a few Formula One, a Formula One team, I think. He's going to probably take over. So it's changing. So things are optimistic. Slowly right. but surely, small steps. 
Manchester United, as you mentioned, it's it's the biggest team in that city, and it's a global brand. It is yeah, what yeah. the New York Yankees are for American yeah. baseball. Yeah, Manchester yeah, yeah, United yeah. is not just for British football, but for just global football, like a Real Madrid yeah. or a Barca. Yeah. How much, because the team is so huge, and because the team is such a global phenomenon in terms of popularity, does it still represent the essence of what that city is? And what does it mean to come from Manchester? Yeah, yes and no. It's always been, it's uh, for the two clubs, United was the first club and then City came a few years later. Uh, they're very different. The kind of, the, the city's kind of club on a diagonal. So uh, North and West uh, Manchester is mostly red and South and East is blue. Having said that, my wife's from South East and all her family are reds, not blues. Uh, it's where Oasis are from. Uh, it, there was a, a, a religious aspect in it very, very early on, but that's never played a part in it. United was uh, more a Catholic team, City was more, but that's that's never really played a part in it, not like in Glasgow. Like I say, United was a working class team, City was a, the management team. United are on the docks, so when all the immigrants came into Manchester, it was the first immigrant city because the Industrial Revolution, when the immigrants came into the city later, they would see Old Trafford as you enter the docks. So they would choose that. So that's where uh, Mancunia say, oh, it's foreigners that support United because the immigrants came in. Bit like bit like the uh, Torino fans say about uh, Juve, you know, coming up to work in the factory, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very, it's, it was a very, it was founded on on working class uh, principles of, the think Manchester and Liverpool are a little bit different. Uh, they're very close cities, the suburbs meet. Manchester's, I think, three times biggest, biggest city, but Liverpool's a dock, and yeah, Manchester's the inland dock from Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, they're both very left-wing cities, very working-class, blue-collar cities. But uh, Liverpool's very proud of that, and Manchester is. But Manchester has this thing where it's kind of a... Even if you do well and make good, you're not kind of looked down upon. You can do that. So, you, so the sky's the limit. Um you know, some people equate Liverpool to Detroit and Manchester to Chicago. And that, that's, oh, probably, okay. that's probably a very good uh, uh so yeah, Mancunians, it's 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 a very working class book and no one gets above the station. So you can you can become David Beckham and drive around in a Rolls Royce and be a multimillionaire, but you still you know, you get put in your place. And it's very like that. It's a very doubtworth city. And United's like that, and that's the well, the club's very glamorous, AC Milan's the same. As uh, the club's very glamorous, but the fans and, and the nature of the of the consciousness of the club is still very blue collar and no nonsense, you know. And this is how it is, and ground and uh, grassroots, and yeah, it is. And Manchester City has always been that as well. It's always done a lot in the community, but now they become this glamorous club. But they're kind of aiming for something different. They're kind of losing the way. I've got friends who are City fans, um, not many, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of complaining about that. But that you know, it's the modern world, you know, that's what it is. But yeah, I think I think United and, and, and Milan have got this thing where they're very grassroots, very blue collar clubs, even though they've got this huge glamour, you know. Wow. You know, I had Roretta on in season two, the undisputed queen of the city. And she's as like yourself, huge United supporter. I love to picture in my head that when the Mondays were on the road and Champions League or League Football was on, you all just paused and watched. Did that happen? Was that was the rest of the band like football mad as, as the both of you? No, were? no not really. Wow. I mean, uh, Bez used to go to United a lot. He, he was a United fan, but he's kind of so busy doing other things. Mark, the guitarist, is a City fan because he's originally from the other side of the city. Uh, but uh, no, but one that, that re reminds me of, it was in 1999, we were doing our... I don't think Roberto was with us then. So we was doing like a kind of comeback tour, but it wasn't the full band, but we did a comeback tour. And the first gig was in Wales. 
and we were playing this 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 venue, just like and uh, this big venue. But it was the Champions League night where we were in Turin playing uh, Juve. We'd gone two 0 down, and we were due to go on stage and start the tour at half time. And we were like, we can't go on stage with two 0 down. I, I refuse this. I'm not going on. I don't like we don't keep I don't like keep audiences waiting. You know, we're not Kanye West, so you know we don't do that. But this is United, and it's 45 minutes. We could be in the Champions League final if not. You know, we're going out. Obviously, it was the greatest comeback in history. Roy Keane scored the head, and we won three two. I think we won three two in the end, but we won anyway in the end. And then we went on stage and we did a great, great gig. So you know, my 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 uh, excuse would be that we gave a good show because we come back. You know, all the way for the gig, I'd be like, I'd be looking. You know, I wouldn't be looking at my phone because I can't. And I've done it. I, I confess, I've done it. I've done it where we've done uh, gigs uh, on tours at night, and it's been Champions League, and I've had my phone at the side of my drums, and I've had to. I've had, I've had the scores updated. I've had a look in between songs and like that, you know. And it, yeah, it obsess, obsessive. We're not in Champions League now, of course. We're in you know, Europa, but yeah, obsessive. obsessive. My family were obsessive, and, and, and my wife's family were obsessive. Obsessive. Everything runs around football, Man United. Everything. everything I love around. it. Oh, this is fantastic. This is I, that's what I wanted to hear. This is you know I wanted you on to have like a most amazing chat, which is this is turning out to be, and it's everything that I expected. Well, we're too ambitious. People say, "What the two games? I've been to lots of games. What the two games? But the ambition is two two games. I want to go and see United in the Champions League final, and I want with and I can't make it this year because the time don't work out again. I want to go to a Milan derby more than anything. Yeah. And thinking, uh, what's he called? Invited me, but obviously he's an Inter fan, and uh, the only one I can make is the is when Inter at home, so it'll be mostly Inter fans. But I, you know, it's just gonna be hard to get a ticket in the in the Milan and. But that's what I really want. I, I, that's that, I know. I watch that. I get nervous on that. Day. Like I'm nervous to get the derby at weekend. You know, I, sit, I get nervous with the derby, and I get and I, I, I kick every ball. You know, but I've, I've you know, and I've and you, you, our favorite players. You know, you know who I really like, and I, I know it's a, maybe a bit controversial. I don't know whether how you feel that, but my favorite player, it up and coming at Milan is a midfielder. And I can't even pronounce his name because he's Belgium, so I just call him Charles. I mean, De Ketelare. oh, the yeah. I just think he's got massive potential. I really I agree. Really rate I really rate him. I really, really do. Uh, that- there is a so there is a Belgium fan that listens to the podcast and was telling filling me in on all about him because you can watch now go on YouTube and find these great highlight reels and it's like oh, everybody yeah, suddenly yeah. looks like Messi. Yeah, cool. Look, is he as good as he's like he's marvelous. Just give him time. Like the way Tonelli had time and the way Leao yeah. had time. I agree with you. And the thing about the Cotarare is is that he could play multiple positions. He could play center forward. He could be creative mid. He could be a striker. He could be a winger. This versatility I'm very excited. I don't. I don't expect much this season. Whatever he gives, I'm fine with. Next year, though, and the years subsequent after, wow! I really do. I agree with you. I really do hope that that star just gets shinier and brighter. What I love about him is he ghosts his way into the box all the time. He gets, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what? He's missing chances, not in the title, but that will come. But he's getting in them positions and he ghosts his way in from nowhere. You're like, where did he, where did he come from? He's, 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 I watch if you watch the game, just watch him when 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 we've got the ball and on the attack. How he loses his man and his movement is phenomenal. I really, I, I hope, I hope he fulfills his potential because I think he'll be a huge star at the club to come. I really hope so. I agree. I agree. 
before I want to just touch on the music for a bit and also talk about some soccer, you know, more soccer as well. But before we get into that, I want to express my condolences, of course, to you and Rueta and the rest of the Mondays and the Ryder family, the passing of Paul Ryder. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Paul. Was Paul a football fan as well? And was his offstage persona as big and grand as it was, you know, when the audience got to see him? He hated all sports. It was too much like, it, it, and, it, and it, 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 it was the man who never broke a sweat. He never broke a sweat in his life. He didn't, he didn't learn to walk till he was four. He was the laziest, chilled out man I've ever met in my life. He was four, his mum told me, before he learned to walk. He wouldn't walk. And he never walked. I've never seen, I've never seen him pick up a pace in all the years I've known him. He was my best friend. We met in 82 when I was still at school. Uh, we joined the band. He was my best friend. And he has been since then. And I've never seen him break a sweat or his, his heart rate's never increased. He's never... Uh, not through exercise, he's never exercised in his life. He used to drive everywhere, he wouldn't walk anywhere. He, he, in fact, he didn't start smoking cigarettes till he was 22 because I asked him once why he didn't smoke. And he said, Well, all that arm movement seems like a lot of, you know, it, it really, really, re I mean, really, you know, it, it'd be one of them that'd have his feet in front of the fire and ask you to move them because his feet were burning. He was that lazy and he hates. <laughs> But he was also one of the funniest people I ever met. He had a really sharp sense of humor, really sarcastic, very Monty Python, very. Uh, but hilarious, lovely, lovely, and very quiet. But didn't like, didn't like attention. Uh, I just, just, just lovely, you know. He had, he, had, so. he, had, he had demons like us all, but you know, in, but you know, he, he was. He, I still, I still find it difficult to. Yeah, it seems really weird, but yeah, he was lovely. Yeah. It always like when you would see him as a fan. It was, I it don't like someone can't be that cool that it felt so larger than life and now to hear that that's just how he was is is yeah. really astonishing just really laid back i mean really 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 laid back i mean you see just slept uh whenever we travel there you just sleep he just sleeps all the time he, he just he, he's unbelievable yeah bass players that's why they play four strings instead of not instead of six he's just too lazy <laughs> but he was wonderful very really really i mean sharp sense of humor really sharp and he didn't speak a lot, but when he did, he was hilarious. Really blunt and really funny. Yeah. You know, just uh, yeah. massive talent and just, you know, again, mm -hmm. my condolences. Mm. You are touring solo these days. What's mm -hmm. it like hitting the road for your own work and fronting that instead of playing with a band and making collective decisions? Or are you making collective decisions, but now it's a little bit more of a, yeah, I'm the boss here. Yeah, it, it, it. It's kind of weird because in the Mondays we were kind of we we're an autonomous autonomous collective for the people, but we kind of there was disagreements. But I was very vocal in the Mondays from day one. I always have been, whether it's songwriting or sets or and rest of them. Some of the others didn't care, you know. Some did, some didn't. You know, there's some decisions that everyone got passionate about. We fell out, but most of the time you'd say, "I think we should do this set list and get the go." Oh, all right, okay. No one really, you know. Uh, but yeah, it, but also with bands, the problem with bands is, and I think. That's why the future bands is, is is in the balance. It's precarious because you have to compromise, and when you compromise, you the art gets compromised. You know, sometimes sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it benefits and it's better because you others you know other other opinions, other people's opinions count. So there's too many cooks would be a problem. Solo, yeah, it's a little bit easy. I work with a guy called Mike, who's an Everton fan, who's a, who's a lovely lad, great guitarist, amazing. And then we've got this girl who's going to come do some singing. So yeah, so so a little bit, but. Uh, I never did it seriously. It was just because I spent so much time in the UK and not many Mondays gigs. I just did it to fill my time out. Mm -hmm. 
recently, the last couple of months, I've got serious and we're going to do tours and I've got a song coming out, release a song and stuff. Uh, I'll send you because it's, uh, it's pretty yeah. much finished. Uh, so, yeah, so um, I take it serious. I don't, I'm only just getting used to it because I'm in the centre of stage with my guitar and singing. Never comfortable with that. I like, you know, because all of a sudden, you know, you're the centre forward where in the past I'm, I'm the goalkeeper. <laughs> and the thing and the thing about about drummers are there's like everyone says like you know there's a saying in rock and roll that the band's only as good as its drummer and it's true and it's the same in football the team is only as good as its goalkeeper if you, you could be a great team if your goalkeeper's weak you're going to concede and you're not it's really important and they're kind of the unsung heroes they really are uh, but they're also the oddballs they don't really fit in with the rest of the players and that's a little bit like drummers but being at the front and I, I'm not too keen I'm, I'm used to, I've got used to it now I've got used to it and I've started doing YouTube videos. Uh, just put Gaz Whelan music YouTube. I've started doing them recently, telling stories on Mondays. And I've got used to looking at the camera and doing that. I, I never like, I'm never comfortable doing that. I didn't like doing it, but I've got used to it very quickly, which you have to these days, you know. Right. Uh, you know, so um, I'm getting used to being, being on stage. I make a point of I'm not the focus and the other musicians. It's all three of us in a line. In fact, I, I, I don't like being in the middle. I'll probably go to the side. And I, and I think right. the music should be the center. You know, I'm not a bit jagged. I'm not going to be pouncing around, man. Like that, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> So I keep it very uh so yeah, so it's weird being being a frontman and 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 it's funny because I have a little bit more appreciation of frontmen, whereas musicians kind of dismiss the singer, you know, you know, there's always a, a difference between them because you know, we do all the work, you do the it's not true, you know, they they they, they have a lot of pressure on the shoulders and you know, a lot of uh oh it's hard to explain, but I, yeah, I so I kind of I kind of appreciate frontmen more now than what I did in the past. Hey. You know, you uh, you were talking about drummers and Mick Jagger, of course, and it harkens back to that amazing quote the Charlie, late great yeah. Charlie Watts had, which is, "Hits my drummer, and Charlie going, you my fucking singer, don't you ever yeah. call me the, your drummer again.'" It's uh, a lot, yeah. You get you you get you find out a lot of singers are frustrated drummers, and a lot of drummers are frustrated singers. You, you, oh. that, I that's really common. I find that a lot. In all my years in business, like there's a stereotype: bass players are pretty chilled out, lazy. Guitarists are introvert geniuses. You know, drummers are either nutters or or very quiet and strange. And singers are these egomaniac, you know, narcissistic. And th and this a little bit of truth in all that. That's what makes a band, and that's what makes you know uh, all them roles. You know, you've got to be a bit laid back to be a bass player to just chill. You've got to be in. Uh, introverted genius to guitar and to do your art. You've got to be a bit narcissistic to be a singer at the front to, to, to be able to take all that. You've got to be a bit uh, of a, a nutter on the drums to be able to give energy, you know? So there's a little bit of that, but it's, of course it's not true, but there's all a little bit of that. So, so, so yeah, so, so I, I think so. It, but, but it's, and, and, and that's what I find. I found an amount of singers that said to me, I want to be a drummer. And Sean and our band started off as a drummer and drummer saying, I want to be frontman, but they've not really, got the bottle to be at the front which 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 would sum me up you know i found it really difficult going to the front so yeah and it was just for a bit of fun at first and then people saying oh it's really good the songs you're writing are really because I've, I've always wrote written in the band as a member of the band we all wrote together mm -hmm. but to write on my own with acoustic guitar and write all and lyrics especially which lyrics i find e the easiest to be of and enjoy but i've had a great you know teacher sean's a great great root system the people are like leonard cohen and bob dylan are my heroes so you know lyrics are something that i take real pride in uh, it's very different, and then, but then I get people in to add to it. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. So I'm en I'm enjoying it. I, I I love it. I didn't at first; it was just a bit of a hobby, but now it's become my life. You know, love it, and thank you for all of it. I mean, it, it's all great, and I'm really excited. Where can people find the tunes and find you know information about you hitting the road and what you're up to these days? 
Yeah, well, I'll I'll post the stuff to you so you can you can put it up and the thing. So is uh, but yeah, just my I've just kind of, kind of started a YouTube channel about four weeks ago, and I've I'm doing a post every once or twice a week, and I've actually got quite into it. I, I thought it'd be a bit of a I kind of got told to do it, and, and I thought oh should I? And I actually started to really enjoy it. So just going to YouTube and putting a uh, Gaz Whelan uh, music. Uh, I'll just Gaz Whelan. It should come up. Happy Mondays, and then and, and my Twitter angles just Gaz Whelan music. Uh, so yeah, and I've actually got into doing it. I, I'm I'm not pushing to the Instagram and all. I've never been on Facebook. I mean, I'm doing all that, though. They keep telling me I should do. I, I think I just stuck with YouTube and Twitter because I, I'm not. You can get too caught up in all that. But I mean, I know it's important these days. But I like doing. I like the old-fashioned approach still. You know, I want to be. You know, my own little world of being Leonard Cohen or you know, my own little part-time Bob Dylan. So I like doing that. But you've got to. Uh, so I dip my toe in social media as well because it's important. Now time for a coffee break. Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere in the world from modcup.com. Mod Cup, drink modern coffee. Use code MUNDIAL for 10% off your first order. I've got three questions for you that I ask every single guest. We're in the home stretch now. The rapid fire questions. You just tell me the team, whether it's United or Milan, that you want to reference these players. So first question here, if you could bring back one rep- one retired player to your club, alive or dead, who would it be and why? George Best. Man United. And, all right. All right. As, as, as Maradona said, probably the greatest footballer who ever played. I actually think Maradona is probably the greatest footballer who ever played, but George Best was, yeah, George Best. All right. Now money's not an option, and we know that's actually true for the – for United, but Milan's struggling these days and trying to balance those bucks. Oh, we do. But Milan, uh, money's not an option. If you, either team could sign one player today, or one of the teams could sign one player today, who would it be and why? Oh, oh, that's a tough one. I would say uh, Milan, who I think could do a great job there. At the moment, though he's in his 30s, would be Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester. Yeah. I mean, De Bruyne. I think he would do a great job at Milan at the moment. I really think he would. I know that's a weird choice and a weird, but and he's, he's not, I think he's maybe 31, 30, but I just think he would. I think he would sit in that team perfectly. Not arguing that point. Not that's for sure. That There's nothing to argue there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think anybody is lucky to have him. He's just, just a yeah, tremendous yeah. talent. And finally, and this doesn't have to pertain to any of the teams, but what has been your favorite moment as a football fan? Oh, I think I've got. I think I've got to say, ninety-nine Champions League final against in Barcelona against Bayern Munich. I think that's got a. I think that's got. I think that. I think that's the one. I think. I think that. You know, I, I think. I think for the clubs, Man United and AC Milan. I think either. I think. Neither, both teams have not won the European, the Champions League enough. I really don't think they have. You know, I think United have only won it three times. How many times have Milan won it? Seven. The it's second seven. most. Oh, the second, yeah, the second most behind. Seven. Oh well, well I, t- I take that back. When behind me, did I thought I thought I thought it'd been less. I thought it was only four. Right, seven. See, I didn't know that. I got that wrong. Right, okay. So I take that back. Ignore that. that completely wrong. Then. Oh, I thought. All oh, right, okay. Right, okay. Right. I take that back. For some reason, I had it in my head that they'd only won it four times. Oh, it's been oh, so damn long that you. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah. You know? 
Wow, why, why did I have me made the money four times? I must be thinking of somebody else. Oh, anyway, right, okay, I got that wrong, so ignore that. Uh, but yeah, the Champions League final, 99. Nice. All right. Well, I mean, there's some, some great moments, some great moments for Milan as well. And you think of in uh, the 88 season when they, when they won it, that uh, the uh, the game in, in, in Naples, where Napoli had to win to win the title. And then the game in, I think it was where they won it in Como, weren't it? It was in Como. We played Co away at Como, oh, didn't yeah, they? You're right. Yeah, I it. think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think he scored. What's he called? Uh, he was he rarely scored. What's uh he ended up manager? Still manager now. What's his name? He, had, he was at Chelsea and AC and Juventus. What's it? The grey hair, chubby one with grey hair, configured. Uh bloody hell, I can't remember his name. My mind, his mind, his name's got in my mind. He was he was he was a, he was Milan captain then, I'm sure. Was Berezi captain? Berezi would have been captain there. Uh, what's he called? He, he was ended up manager. He managed Real Madrid, United, Juve. Oh, Ancelotti. Ancelotti. His mind had gone. I mean, me, me, <laughs> Ancelotti scored that goal. That, that, that That's run. right. Oh, oh, he scored a goal. Oh, what, what, could check the goal out. Oh, he didn't score many, but yeah. Oh, what a strike. Uh, and that, uh, they were some good ones. because, And then obviously because it was in Como, you know, Obviously, the party went back to San Siro. It was pretty close. So I, was, I still remember that. I mean, trying to get footage on on Rayuno, uh, you know, uh, looking at it. And uh, you know, back then, because you could get. We had. A, I had a friend. We had a friend of the family who were from uh, Naples, and they had a. Uh, they had Rayuno, so they used to have. They used to record it on cassettes. It's like, I could record anything. So, uh, <laughs> Napoli had lost it. They didn't want to, but they'd recorded bits from the. Uh, it's like a localized green man, Franco, actually, and recorded bits of it and all that was before the internet, of course. But yeah, so I just, just yeah, I just remember seeing that part of San Siro, yeah. Have you read Saki's recent book, The Immortals? No. Check it out. It's, it's a super quick read. Um, it was translated into English uh, this past year. Uh, super quick read. And it goes and it breaks down all the, a lot of the key games and a lot of the key moments. Oh, really? Throughout his tenure as uh, manager of Milan, um, it's not so much about him, but more about his like footballing philosophy, and then him recapping the games. They actually have he put in the book uh, snapshots of his diary. He kept the diary after every game, oh, and like oh, uh, oh, yeah, it's it's great. And another one to recommend to you if you haven't read, it's my one of my favorite, if uh, one top three football books it's called winning at all costs by john foot if you haven't read it now this is the opposite of while saki's book is small and thin uh john foot's book it's uh winning at all costs in north america it's called winning at all costs in europe it's called uh football italia but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's I about 800 it. yeah it's about one, 800 I think, pages. I think, yeah. is that the one with uh viali talking in, in no, 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 I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of another book. Sorry, go on. But check this one. It's the, it's the history of Calcio. It's the entire history of Italian soccer oh. up until about the 2006 World Cup. And it is one of the greatest of all time. You'll, you'll read it. You're, it's so thick, but you'll What's read it. What's it called again? I'm going to get back it. Winning at All Costs by John Foote. John Foote. So I'll see what it's called in here. And, uh, and The Immortals by Saki. See, I love I love the history of clubs. I love I love why they play in them colours, why why they yeah. formed this go, This does a deep dive into all of that. And it is and it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, oh, I love that. I think oh, I can, 
yeah i'm gonna get that i'm gonna order that today yeah i, I love stuff like that i find i find all that kind of stuff fascinating love it guys thank you so much my friend i'm so beyond grateful thank you again yeah, no, I loved it. I could have gone on speaking all day, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.